Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to our program, Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, chairman of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world and now in over 60 countries. So today we've got, I think you'll find a beautiful and powerful program that we're calling Serving Others Changes Everything. And uh, I'm, I'm, it, it's a fascinating personal story. Our guest is named Susan. I'll introduce you, Susan, in, in just another minute. <laughs> but uh, Susan's story is, is powerful and fascinating. Have you ever wondered, have you ever said, Lord, uh, am I making the best use of my time or my talents? Uh, do you have something else for me to do? Maybe you've thought, Lord, you've blessed me and my family and, and brought good out of even the hardships that we've experienced. Is there some way that I could be useful, that I could help other people? You've given me so much. What what can I do? Well, the story of Susan, Susan Karras, uh, really inspired me, and I think it will inspire you too. Susan discovered that serving others not only changed their circumstances, their lives and, and outcomes of, of what they were involved in, but it changed her also. And impacted her family. So uh, that's beautiful to hear and beautiful to, to understand. And I want you to hear her story. Uh, so welcome, Susan. Thank you. <laughs> Susan Karras uh, has been married 25 years to her husband, yep. Matthew. And they are members of St. John Newman Parish, originally Immaculate Conception. 19 years at Immaculate Conception. 19 years. Yeah. Wow. And your children were in school there. Yes. And and now, and, and I think you said to me as we were visiting a little earlier, uh, not only uh, God gave you four daughters, which was uh, he blessed me and blessed you and your husband with four daughters, uh, 23, your oldest is 23, a recent graduate of Notre Dame and a 21 year old, 19 year old and a 16 year old. And, and who would have thought that uh, God was preparing you? He was in giving you these four daughters to become really involved with women. <laughs> you have been it's, ever it's since been they journey. were born. Oh, absolutely. It's been a journey. And uh, one of the ways you started was at PDHC, the Pregnancy Help Center here in Columbus. Uh, and now you're involved in, in two additional ministries, which focus on women. Yes. So I want you to start start telling us, though, Susan, if you wouldn't mind, um, how did how did you discern that God really wanted you involved and, and kind of jumping in to serve women. You know, my, um, you know, when I, I lost my mom when I was 18 years old. And I happened to um, get accepted to an all-women's college shortly after that. And having the, the female mystique around me at such <laughs> a tender time um, just absolutely uh, empowered me and emboldened me in so many different directions. And I guess I, I realized then how important women were in my life. And I, I feel like I was always kind of seeking, not a replacement for my mom, because there really is no such thing, but something to kind of fill the void. And I have learned that the many women in my life have kind of collectively become this mother figure that I sometimes feel I lack. Hmm. So I feel as though, you know, the holy sisterhood that we've been granted by 
God is so very important and vital to all women. And I've had the privilege of not only having some wonderful women in my life as friends and as mentors, but I now have these four daughters. And I kind of thought that um, my gift to the world would be to share that power. Wow. It reminds me of uh, our Pope St. John Paul II and he, what he talked about the the genius. <laughs> there is a genius there in sure the is. in the feminine uh, nature that God created. Uh, he made us male and female for a reason. The special Absolutely. gifts that have been provided to women, uh, and and of course um, we can we can share those gifts with other women. And um, so I I think that's that's phenomenal. And then he gave you four daughters. <laughs> <laughs> four daughters, and and it's just amazing. You know, it's just looking through. Um, a poem that my daughter gave me at Christmas time. It's just a, a short poem, but one of the lines said, I pray to God that one day my daughter comes back as my mother so that I can give her the same love that she once gave to me. Wow. And, you know, when she gave that poem to me, I, it just really made, it was one of those God aha moments, mm-hmm. as though everything that I had been doing over the past several years began to make sense. Because, um, as I, I think I mentioned to you earlier, uh, maybe, let's see, Five or six years ago, I became interested in a pilgrimage in Spain called the Camino de Santiago. And for whatever reason, I wasn't able to participate in it. You know, you make up excuses for stuff like that. You can't afford it. You don't have the time, you know, the resources. And it was in 2016, after my father died, that, you know, (laughs) the Lord aligned everything perfectly. And it just so happened that St. John Newman was gathering a group of people to go, including Father Sizemore. And so um, it was just kind of at a crossroads in my life where, you know, the children were beginning to, you know, file out of the house and and go off to college. And, you know, I had been blessed um, with my husband, you know, being able to afford me the opportunity to stay at home, which I've been doing for 24 years and serving my family and my community. And, you know, dad had just died and I'd been his caregiver for 12, 13 years. And what a gift that was. Um, but I was just kind of at this crossroads, like, now what, Lord? Um, you know, do I go back to school? I mean, a history and political science degree, you know, could use a little bulking up. Um, <laughs> you know, um, should I, you know, potentially just try to f- seek employment? You know, am I looking to collect letters after my name? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing in your in your glory? And that walk in Spain was was instrumental in changing my mind about everything. So, and maybe some of our our listeners haven't heard about the Camino. Uh, It is a walk. When you say a walk, that's a, how many miles did you do? So I did 150 miles. So basically, if you stepped outside this door and walked straight into Lake Erie, that's that's pretty much from Columbus. Yes, that's pretty much the <laughs> headquarters of St. Gabriel Radio. Yes. Um, and then uh, it's actually it could be as long as 40 days, which is about 500 miles, which it would be a walk to New York City. Wow. But we just did the walk to Cleveland. But what uh, and this is a pilgrimage that has been going on for centuries. People oh, have absolutely. walked the Camino, the way yes. to Santiago de Compostela, which is way in the tip northwestern yes. tip of, of Spain. Uh, I'm so it, it's a fascinating thing. Something I would I would love to do. Oh, put it on your bucket yeah. list. <laughs> it's, it, it appears that uh, Spain is straight uphill, and I'll tell you, <laughs> you know, giving confession with Father Dave Sizemore walking straight uphill is a very special special experience. Experience <laughs> on the Camino, the the pilgrimage route that pilgrims have taken for so many years, uh, and, 
and it is a spiritual journey. Uh, a lot of discernment along the way. Is that it is. is that it, it what sure happened is. for you? Yes, there are hundreds of thousands of people that do it every year, and you're meeting people from all over the world. And what you learn is that everybody's there undoing some knots hmm. and trying to figure some things out because you really get inside of yourself and, and have some pretty deep discussions with God. You are able to collect on that umbilical cord you know, <laughs> to our Lord quite well when you're walking mm-hmm. alone for so many miles. Um, but you know, what I realized about my Camino um, you know, was that God disguises himself and the fellow pilgrims who we travel with in this life. And you know, we're in, uh, on the Camino, we're all heading to the same destination, which was Santiago, where the remains of St. James are buried. But, you know, life is about a, another kind of Camino and a certain destination that we're all heading in as well. Mm-hmm. And so as I walked on my Camino and I thought, what am I supposed to be doing with, you know, the rest of my life now? I'm 46 years old. Now what? And coincidentally, just a few weeks earlier, I had met Monica Flynn at a function where uh, Abby Johnson was speaking. Um, and it was, a, it was a crazy night. I wasn't even really even supposed to be there. I was bringing home a kid from golf, and it was raining, and oh, it was just an awful night. But I managed to, to find myself there, and I just remember something just clicked. Something just clicked inside of me, and I, I thought, what, what is this feeling that I'm having? So fast forward on the Camino, I'm walking, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? It's, you know, I don't necessarily have to prove myself in a worldly way with a certain income or a certain number of letters after my name. I've been blessed with this gift of serving. And, you know, when I when I get home, I need to step out of my comfort zone and I need to really walk the walk instead of just talk the talk, which is in a way what I've been doing for years when it come when it came to you know, women in crisis pregnancies. Mm-hmm. And Monica is the executive director of an organization called Mommies Matter that is looking for yes. women who want to serve other women. Absolutely. And, and there's and a their variety children. of ways to do it. Yeah, sure. And obviously, you weren't just sitting around. I heard you say, what have I been doing? You were raising four daughters. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I had been involved with various endeavors. And, you know, you know, in the, the nonprofit world, there are treasure, resource, time. These are things that are very important. And I, I feel like in a way I was more involved with the treasure side of things. And, Raising and, funds. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and there is fulfillment in that. It's an absolute necessity. I mean, obviously. But, you know, it seemed like my, my, whole, my whole needed to be filled a little bit more, my heart, with actually walking alongside um, the women that we were helping and the groups that we were helping and the organizations that I was involved in. Right. You felt God was saying, now I want you. <laughs> it's time to drop the nets. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, conversations with many people along the way in, in Spain, we talked about how, you know, discipleship, when you're in that, you're in that place where you're seeking and you're, you're, you're thirsting, starving for something and, and you find him. Um, in relationship, you find the Lord. And, you know, as you become an apostle, um, you're, you're less following and you're now being led from behind in a hmm. way. So in, in a way, I feel, the I feel Lord like is propelling you truly. Mm-hmm. And it, that's the way I feel with uh, being involved with Mommy's Matters. Um, there is no wrong answer. There's it, it, it just seems like, you know, the women that we've been working with um, the women that I've been mentoring um, and walking with. Um, it's not me. 
Right. God's me. doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so our faith, of course, grows in him oh. because we see how he uses whatever we bring. Uh, like the loaves and the fishes, whatever yes. we bring, he multiplies it. And uh, and his love is what we're able to share with others. Yes. I, I love that. That's been my experience also with yes. with serving others. What do I have? What do I know? What Absolutely. experience do I have? And then you realize, though, that I'm sure you've realized this, too. All the experiences you've had in the past, he's using them in some way in this new it's all volunteer part of the story. It yeah. sure is. And yeah. Uh, so right now you you said yes, like you say, you threw out the nets, you trusted that yes. God would fill them. You you said, okay, use me, Lord. And he had put Monica, who who uh, who's the executive director of Mommy's Matter, yes. already in your life. So you knew this was an avenue. It sure was for yeah. serving women. So what happened then? How? Well, I contacted Monica and um, I started to work for PDHC and just kind of get to know, uh, got to know the women that were in those positions. Or were in the pregnancy centers at that particular point. By the way, before we continue, let me reintroduce you, Susan. Uh, Our guest today is Susan Karras, who is um, a, a mom. Uh, of four beautiful daughters, uh, her husband, uh, Matthew, they've been married for 25 years. They're members of St. John Newman. And um, she has has jumped in uh, to uh, answering the call to really serve women. Uh, she's been serving women, her own daughters and plenty of their friends, I'm sure, for many years. But as they've grown, uh, she was listening to the Lord. The Lord was really calling her to now invest yourself. You've yes. invested a lot of your treasure and, and helped others in that way. But now I want you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> others need you, who you are, to what your gifts are. Absolutely. To step out of your comfort zone a little right. bit. Right. And how that affects everything, not just the people you serve, but your own life and your family's and my life. children's, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about some of the some of the women that you've served or how this has affected a change in their life and your own. Well, um, the first young lady that I've had the privilege and honor of, of um, assisting, um, she, she actually was from Sierra Leone, which is a war-torn country, and she lost both of her parents to war. And um, she was brought here by a Christian uncle, and um, she's an absolutely amazing woman. She, I guess, you know, she had um, submitted to a couple of abortions before she came to PDHC, and she was in a position, um, uh, you know, just understanding that her, the choices of her past weren't the best for her and healthy. And she was able to get in our program. And she was only with us just for a couple of months. And she was considering an adoption plan. She had had another son. This was her second child. And she stuck with it. And she ended up moving to um, the East Coast. And we keep in touch. And she ended up naming her son after my, my departed father, which I thought was pretty cool. Thomas. Wow. Um, and she's flourishing. She's mm-hmm. doing really well. Um, we, it, she's an amazing story. She really is. So you're still in touch with her. Oh, you're yes. still providing the emotional support. Absolutely. And the guidance. So we're talking about women who may not be uh, totally without family or no. without support. Uh, they may not be um, in total poverty. No. But, but women need this kind of help and support 
hand-holding, one-on-one. They need relationship, right? That's what we're built for. And, you know, what's so great about Mommy's Matter is that it's not a one-size-fits-all, you know, kind of cure for anything. Um, You know, each woman has her own needs, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it is more financial, and sometimes it's more emotional, but... What's so beautiful about the advocates involved in the program is we just kind of adjust and allow the Holy Spirit to kind of guide us and the best ways to to help the women that we're we're serving. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's amazing that your first woman would be (laughs) someone from Sierra Leone. Um, And then I know you've told me you've helped some college students as well. There there are actually uh, two of the young ladies that I've worked with, uh, both graduated from the Ohio State University. (laughs) Um, Actually, the the one I'd really like to talk about is um, Olivia. She's she's an amazing, amazing woman. Um, (laughs) She didn't have anyone there in the uh, delivery room, she didn't have a support no, person. she did not. And, you know, I, I, of course, went when she went into labor, and the labor went on and on and on, mm. and she was such a trooper through it all. And at one point, I had to turn to her and say, you know, hold off, I got to go pick up my daughter from school. So <laughs> I went and grabbed my daughter from, from Bishop Watterson High School and brought her to the delivery room. And Olivia said it would be fine if my daughter Sophia would be present for the labor. And sure enough, you know, both Sophia and I kind of helped her, you know, as she was kind of going through, you know, the more heavy pangs of labor. And at one point after 18 hours of labor, the OBGYN came in and said, we need to perform a surgery now because this isn't going to happen vaginally. So she needed to get a C-section. So she was rushed off into the the surgical ward and I I was there with her. My daughter, Sophia, couldn't come in, but it was just me and Olivia and I looked around me, and there was this sanctity to the moment, and it, it literally brought tears to my eyes. Um, there were seven women in the room, in addition to me and Olivia, and I felt like I was a part of this holy sisterhood. Hmm. Um, and we were all working to help one another in this amazing life moment. Hmm. And at that moment, it all made sense. Oh, you know. That's beautiful. How did it affect your daughter? I bet you had some good discussions with her. Oh, sure, Sophia. we should have. Yeah, uh-huh. she's, she's seen more than many 15-year-olds had seen at that time. So, <laughs> no, she, she has, uh, she's been on fire with the Holy Spirit since. Is she the one that brought you the poem? No, actually, that was, that that was, was a grand, my second daughter. Your that second daughter. Yes. Yeah. So they're learning an awful lot about yes. about motherhood, obviously, about the sisterhood, as you said. And particularly, I'm sure, about giving of self. Yes. Yeah. You picked her up and there you were back in the, <laughs> back in the delivery room. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. wow. Well, sometimes, um, sometimes I know as an ally, you in, in this program, you also are involved a lot with the babies oh, as well yes. as the moms. Yes. And so, you know, the, the, the one thing that I've learned so much from these women is their strength and resilience through single motherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the, just the the opportunity to have your child watched by your husband um, while you go to the grocery store. You know, one, one of the young it's something ladies, we take oh, I, take for, for granted. granted. Absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, one of the young ladies that I'm working with, like she's she works in a childcare center with the baby present too. So he's he's around her all the time, and you know, some of the conversations we have are quite colorful because you know she's saying, "Geez, I mean, I need a break." And that's when I can kind of step in um, and help maybe, you know, help her carry the yoke. Wow. 
I think you told me about a girl who would not have graduated from Ohio State. That's right. Had had you and the other Mommies Matter uh, volunteers really stepped forward. What happened in that case? Well, little Dakari came early. He was slated to come um, right after graduation. And she was a biology and math major, just an amazing young lady. And he decided to come two weeks earlier. And, you know, she still had examinations to take. And as it turned out, you know, Ohio State wasn't necessarily the Ohio State University wasn't going to be uh, incredibly accommodating with her taking her exams after graduation. So, you know, at first she started to entertain ideas of perhaps I'll, you know, kind of push this off and I'll graduate next year. And, you know, Monica Flynn and I, we were like, nope, you're you're going to graduate. So <laughs> you, you had the whole Mommy's yes. Matter team yes, and the executive did. director. <laughs> so around the clock. Uh, we were there for her with meals and for support with the baby and she would sleep and she would pump and, you know, we would be able to feed the baby while she studied and she graduated. She, she took graduated her exams. With honors, yes. And you watched the baby while she studied and took the exams yes. and she graduated with honors. Wow. Yes. That's phenomenal. Yes. <laughs> and as we said, things that maybe we would assume our families would be helping us with, our sisters or our moms or our dads. Uh, or our husbands, obviously. And and these women just don't have that kind of a support no, system. And it's made me appreciate my own support systems in my life. Absolutely. Much, so. Absolutely. I understand, too, that um, that you're even working with some moms who have been incarcerated. Yes. And yes. that's not through Mommy's Matter. But, no. but other, uh, other opportunities have God's really moved you in, in many ways uh, to continue this work. Yes. Yeah, so shortly after I, I met Monica Flynn, I met another woman by the name of Chris Money, and she um, has been involved in corrections for many years. And actually, she headed the Ohio Reformatory for Women. And she noticed that, um, you know, when when women, you know, leave incarceration, many of them been there for many years and sometimes only a couple years. But, you know, you're not given much money and resource and power when you do leave. And oftentimes mm-hmm. you don't want them connecting with people from their past either. So, you know, her whole ministry is based on, you know, walking the walk um, with them as just a Christian friend. Once they do leave, they provide a job, they f- apply, uh, you know, a su- su- uh, supply a place to live, um, benefits, and more importantly, Christian friendship. You just need a, another woman. Absolutely. Wow. Isn't it beautiful? And your story shows how God just presents these opportunities. Once you have that open heart, God is going to present the opportunity. Well, you have to surrender to it. <laughs> yes. Like you said, you throw out the nest. I, I want to ask, and we're we're running out of time, unfortunately, Susan. I, I'd love to uh, hear more of the stories. But I know you also mentioned some books that have inspired you that you share with other women who, uh, who you who feel that God's calling them into this service. Well, you know, I, I one of the my favorite biblical quotes is from Romans eight twenty eight, which is, and I know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Mm-hmm. And um, there are three books that just kind of keep, I don't know, surfacing, circling me over and over again. And uh, one is written by Wilfred Stinnison, and it's called Into Your Hands, Father. Into Your Hands, Father. Yes. Okay. Um, and another, and actually it, it um, references a book called Abandonment to Divine Providence by De Cassad. 
Jean-Pierre de Cassade, which is another fantastic book. And And give us the title again. It's called Abandonment to Divine Providence. Abandonment to Divine Providence. And lastly, I just started a book called How to Be Holy um, by Peter Kreft. Mm -hmm. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. That's the first steps in becoming a saint. And, you know, he talks about how, you know, faith is not a feeling. It's a um, it's a knowing and so, you know, when when you have that knowledge of truth, um, you know, you, you, you can't go back. Um, and so now the goal is to share it, to mm-hmm. share that light and radiance. That's beautiful. Peter Kraft, who's quite a popular author now, K-R-E-E-F-T, yes. How to Be Holy. Yes. If, if we were, if, if someone listening, <clears throat> excuse me, wanted to start with one of those books, which one would you suggest first? Um, I would probably start with Stinnison's book. Into Your Hands, yes, Father. Yes. And how do you spell his last name? S-T-I-N-I-S-S-E-N. Mm-hmm. And when did you start with these books? Well, um, they just keep kind of finding me. <laughs> just like uh, Monica found you. That's and <laughs> None of, There are no coincidences, as we've learned. Huh? Absolutely. Well, I think it's uh, you've got such a beautiful story and how... Uh, you knew God wanted more from you. You knew that you had more to give. And uh, that pilgrimage, that's, that Camino, the yes. way that you took, helped you understand your way and the way that God was opening Amen up to, to you. Yes. And the people that he was putting in your lives that were offering you opportunities that's to serve. Right. And then the women that have come into your lives as a result of that and how they've affected you personally and your family. I love the fact that you were saying, God, now you feel he's the power. He's pushing you. He sure is. It's (laughs) propelling. You're responding to his grace and his power. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for your story. And I know it will be very inspirational for those who are listening. And you're listening to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with archives at stgabrielradio.com under Family Sanctuary. And we're streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. We're broadcast every Saturday at 4 o'clock and at 2 o'clock on Sundays. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intended. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com. church you know at christmas time gradually quit going it's not as scary as i thought it was (laughs) it's a much more warm and open place and god really is about love it's not about the rules and the things that i remember as a young child it really is about the love that god has for each one of us that's so um, deep and wonderful if you've been away from the catholic church for any reason visit catholicscomehome.org